We are the Androzani Winers, and this is our wonderful, cynical Doctor Who drinking game. Who are you? Who, who am I? Well, I am the Vice President of the Doctor Who Society of the University of Sussex. And I'm basically Grima Wormtongue, whispering in his ear from behind the scenes, influencing what actually happens at the Society. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes they get advice. Yeah. Enough times for me to feel like I have any power whatsoever. Yeah, um, mostly what happens is I go, Bad Luke! Bad! And then, yeah. I'm actually very glad he didn't hit me. He usually hits me. <laughs> there we go, I proved his point. Ow. But anyway, Ow. this is our cynical Doctor Who drinking game. Mm. Where we go through all of New Who in... Our randomly generated order, yeah. which we generate just before we do it. Exactly. And we've got our rules all set out ahead of time. Okay, so rule number one. One drink. Every time after the first instance, the com companion or doctor theme plays. So if you hear the night, we're watching series one, night doctor theme. Okay, that plays once in an episode. It plays second time. We've got a drink. You hear Rose's theme in series one or two. You hear it a second time in the episode, you drink. That's the rules. That's right, Nick. The second drink, the second rule for drinks, is that there's two drinks, every plot point not resolved that season, which is aimed at a very specific man called Stephen Moffat. You couldn't have guessed that, could you, really? <laughs> no. And this is mostly pointing at series 5 and 6 and was inspired by the God Complex when he looks into a room and says something very ambiguous and mysterious and then leaves it until a series Never. later. What? Never? No, I think it's resolved in... Is it, is it finally... Uh, oh, oh, name, name yeah, of the basically doctor and time the, of the doctor. The, my was like, okay, I've got that thing, I better do something with it. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. when... When you're like, oh, okay, I could do something with these craft materials. One day I'm really going to do something. And then 15 years later, when you're decrepit and alone, you're like, oh, okay, I guess, guess I'll well, drag that thing away. That sums up Moffat right there. It's just, oh, this is a good idea. I'll put it, I'll, I'll put it there and I can do something with it later. And then he forgets about it till the last second where he has to, to yeah. resolve it. What, what, he kind of strikes me as someone who... He's sort of covering his back because he knows how bad he can be. So he's like, okay, right. I'll, I'll just stick a lot of things in there and I'll sort of see what sticks and what else I can pick out randomly in a couple of years' time. Just to like set myself up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's one drink for out-of-place comedy or horror. Now, my first thought of this particular rule was the Absorbaloft. From Love and Monsters. Now, you know, so the Absorbaloff, he's played by a comedian, and clearly he's not scary, or he's not meant to be scary, yet it's body horror at its most in Doctor Who, really. Yeah. Yet you literally are sucked into some creepy, disgusting alien, and you your face is here, like, or, or in this case, one of the characters on his ass. Um, yeah, that's creepy as shit. Also ends on a blowjob joke, which, I mean, how, how kind of like, um, child, like, child friendly is a blowjob joke, really? Yeah. Um, 
I'm sure the kid from Blue Peter who watched that episode asked his mummy, so what kind of love life of sorts <laughs> do they have? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I sort of feel sorry for that kid. I wish I could talk to the... He's probably like our age now, isn't he, really? Oh. I uh, could meet him one day. You could. Uh, I'd be interested to know what he thought of that episode now. Well, the Absolvers supposed to be like seven foot... No, like 15 foot tall. Oh, so basically they fucked up. Ish. Ish. I mean, 15 foot tall. How could you really integrate that into an episode? But regardless, anyway, we've digressed. You Did you have an example you wanted to give about? Uh, yes. Uh, every Christmas special, <laughs> basically ever. Yes, yes. Where uh, the, the thing which really comes to mind is the suicide in Voyage of the Damned. Where, yeah, and if... Yeah, the, the fat um, lady whose her husband just died and we're meant to like her and shit and he, he's fallen to the... F- it's not fusion engines, it's like anti-matter drive. Uh, no, no, it's not even that. It's something even more stupid than that. It's like, we've analysed... It was sort of like electromagnetic something. It was something so it was stupid. electromagnetic asteroid? It, something... It wasn't a fusion drive and it wasn't an anti-matter drive, which makes sense. It was something like... Space drive, or I don't know. It wasn't some, even that lazy. No, well, yeah, no. It, it, he gave it some thought and got it wrong. Yeah. And how long yeah. did we spend going on the voyage of the dam? We oh, had the script oh. in our hands, mm. and we were literally making notes and notes. It as we went along, pausing it every time yeah, we yeah. To talk about I'm it. I'm pretty sure we were what? Were it took us three, four hours at least. Yeah. Yeah, it was three to four hours. Um, in literally the first page of the script we had. Mm. Uh, we, he, he, like, I think the highest score that RTD was on, like, we were doing plus minus score, adding up at the end. And the only time he was in positive was the first two lines of his script. Yes. After that, he got into negative territory and never recovered. No. And the only positive was Martha's not in it. Yes. <laughs> that was it. The only reason his script had a good thing in it, Martha wasn't in it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. We don't need to explain that right now. We'll, we, you've got the notes, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So when we get, um, when we get Voyage of the Damned, we can bring out our copious notes and we can quote our copious notes. Oh yeah, that's true. That'd be an interesting episode. Hmm. Well, basically, we, when we can be really lazy and just read out what we've already done. I am not that lazy. Oh. Uh, I pretend to have integrity. <laughs> you and integrity are not two words I'd put together. Sorry, you need to make room for sexy and badass. He wishes. Obviously, there's Definitely. a bit of there's a bit of gay tension going on here. It's okay. We're not gay. <laughs> We're in Brighton. It's okay. <laughs> so moving swiftly on. Swiftly on. So um, number oh, four. Oh, it's Luke. It's um, Luke doing this. Thank you. Oh, uh, one drink for every character trait introduced for plot convenience. Mm. This is bad, but is not going to be one of the times which I say new who is better than classic who. Because classic who, obviously, well not obviously, but it did this a lot. He does it as well, yeah. If you, if you, if you watch classic who, you can see that there are characters that exist, well, no, 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 characters that have certain traits because they need to forward the plot. Yeah. Sarah Jane 
multi-dimensional as she is was incredibly um, suspect um, susceptible to this yeah so like um, I think you're, you're particularly thinking of Android Invasion where Genesis suddenly the Daleks as Genesis well. and Daleks but in the Android Invasion I, the example I think you're thinking of is where the real Sarah Jane doesn't like ginger beer so then when ginger pop oh Whatever. Or is it ginger beer? I thought it was ginger beer. Just beer. Yeah. or a helix. That's, not the, that's a shittier episode we don't need to talk about. Oh, yes. And um, so the real Sarah Jane doesn't like ginger beer, but Android Sarah Jane does like ginger beer. So the doctor's like, well, ew, suddenly I can suddenly tell that you're not the real Sarah Jane. Oh, lovely. I have my lovely scarf. Oh, yes, I can figure it out. Yeah. yeah, that's basically what it's like. Basically, that's what happens in like, episode 2 or 3. Um, we should put spoilers at the uh, beginning of this. Oh yeah, by the way, we've got to spoil fucking everything. Yes, but you know what, if you're listening to... But, but, mm, we're, we're assuming that you're basically um, classic cunts like we are, and um, know most of it anyway. Or at least know as much as I do, which... I, yeah, I can't yeah. see anyone watching a podcast slash commentary of New Who... Unless they have already seen the episode. Yeah, yeah, very true. Especially, like, this is the introduction video. We're on, we are we're spo- on rule four, and we're on ten minutes. Mm. It's going to be for nerds. Yeah, and we, we are spoiling Classicu. Yeah, we, we are. But we are spoiling Classicu, but we're going to assume you're nerdy enough to have already seen classic, at least a reasonable amount of Classicu. Yeah. Which I think is a good bet. Yeah. So, shall we move oh. on? So, there is one drink for disconnect between community graphics or CG and practical effects. That's right, Nick. I know. Oh, I said it the awkward way. Uh, so, basically, this rule came about because of the Slitheme. Now, have you noticed how the practical effects look so much different from the CGI? Of course, everyone has. Especially yeah. if you're a nerd. And yeah. nerds pick up on this shit, like... Nerds in 2005 were going, holy shit, they look so totally different. So, yeah. 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 Actually, in one of the books, um, Monsters and Aliens, Monsters and Aliens, it points out how the CG and the practical for the Slitheen is just so brilliantly done and that the teams had to work together and it's all lies. Yeah, well, you can tell because, I mean, have you seen the effects? Hopefully they have seen the episode if they are watching 13 minutes now of the Androzani whiners. We are whining and we are not even halfway through. And we are Androzani. Well, yeah, I get, we are Androzani minor. We are on Androzani minor. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like, oh, you're fucking this up. Uh, yeah, so... Um, it's just because uh, I'm the funnier one. Um, uh, okay, so... Uh, no, no, I'm your foil. I'm the basically the not funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're funny because you're not funny. Brilliant. No, 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 you know what? That sums up my life in general. What? It's, the, it's a pathetically funny failure. Yes. <laughs> That's the truth. The truth of my life is I am the foil to pretty much almost anyone that I know. I am the person who is not funny and 
by extension funny because of that. So basically, I keep you around because you make me feel better about myself. Yes. Oh, well, we were discussing this. I make you feel smarter just being around me. Yeah, that's true. Oh, so I, I make him feel funnier as well. Yeah, that's true. You do have a purpose. I have in a life. purpose in life. It's, it's to, make to be Luke... shit. Yes, it's to be shit and make Luke feel better about himself. Okay. Someone had to do that, didn't they? They did. So, so now it's my turn. No. Rule number six of fourteen. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this slowly. Yeah. One drink for out of place twenty first century Earth references, which ironically came from the episode New Earth. Where um, Cassandra Rose says, Oh my god! I'm a chav! How the hell does she know that? Basically. Also, this in general is a very much RTD trait. And very RTD. Very RTD. Increasingly Moffat. Incre- yeah. Increasingly absolutely. Moffat. So, watch this space. You guys see that. You guys see that this comes up way, way, way too much. Yeah. Are we done with number six? Yes, there's not much to say about it. Jesus Christ. So number seven. One drink for every time that the writer steals from himself from an early episode. So, as you can imagine, this is mainly aimed at a certain Stephen Moffat who does steal from himself an awful lot. Mm. So, we won't... Like, uh, what's excluded from this is Empty Child. You look at Emma Chan and go, well, that's his first episode, so he can't steal from himself. Doesn't Unless count. he steals from the Curse of Fatal Death. And how many times does that happen, really? Like, that. Well, it could have happened. It could have happened, but. But we're going to pay attention when we eventually we can. watch oh, the well, Child. You know what? We can. We can have our own commentary of the Curse of the Fatal Death. Why not? Yeah, fuck it, let's... Fuck let's it, yeah, we, we can do that as an extra special thing. Yeah. And so, obviously, there are certain traits that come up nowadays in Moffat's Doctor Who where you just go, well, he did that five years ago. And because, it's because he did. So, yeah, there's not really much to say about it other than be a bit depressed and shrug your shoulders, really. Which is what we do all of the time. Yeah, because we're cynics. Mm. Mm. Number eight, two drinks for every random appearance of an old alien, which should not be a rule because mm. this should not happen. When it, it's, it's interesting how New Who has somewhat got its own fan service for itself. Classic Who never did this. Not really. No, no, no. But like New Who, uh, the reason that's the Daleks in Hartnell time. Yeah, yeah. But New Who is like. So think about the, basically this rule very much arose out of the fact that in Hellbent you get random weeping angels. Mm. Then then also Time of the Doctor, random weeping angels. You know that bit right near the beginning? They're in the snow. They have no purpose in being there, but they're there anyway to cause like two seconds of Mm. And what does that do other than devalue the weeping angels? Or uh, in Hellbent, devalue the Cybermen or devalue the Daleks? It doesn't do anything but devalue with them. Why would you do that to your own... Like, Moffat is literally devaluing his own creation. The greatest New Who monster, Weeping Angels, are being devalued by their own creator. You know what did go up in value? Moffat's bank account when he got that nice royalty check from Weeping Angels. Yeah. 
I mean, I could sort of see it's probably all the BBs is like, you need monsters, ooh, and the Moffat's like, yeah, all right then. And he just puts them in for two seconds, I don't know. Yeah. That's if you because want to be as we all know, Time of the Doctor did not have enough monsters in it. That doesn't excuse Time of the Monsters, no. Time of the Doctor. So, so uh, drink number nine. number nine. One drink for overly obvious classic Who reference. So uh, a case might be like, um, so you know that really awful line in which in the wardrobe Doctor Who Christmas special we had a few years back. Doesn't everyone either remember it for how bad it was or just not remember it because of how bad it was? Anyway... You've got there the Andrazani tree. Now, why in the hell would you... You've got Caves of Andrazani, one of the most beautiful pieces of Doctor Who in all existence, ever, and go... Well, the reference we'll shoehorn into our episode will be not, not... Not anything interesting or relevant. It'll be... We'll name a Christmas tree after it. We'll call it an Andrazani tree. That's how you make... A reference to one of the greatest episodes of Doctor Who ever. Yeah. No, what you should actually do is have a bad pun in the podcast commentary. Well, that, yeah. That, I, I, mean, I, 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 yeah, we, uh, yeah, Andrew's only whiny. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of get what we're going for. Well, you better do. I mean, if you don't, uh, why are you watching this? That's a fair point. That is a very fair point. If you don't get Andrew's only whiner. You, yeah, you, well, I mean, don't stop watching, but I mean, no, what give us validation, should, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What you should do is go and educate yourself. But, oh, yeah, yeah, just go educate yourself, really. Yeah, it's worth it. You'll love it. You'll be very lo- happy about it. You will bow down to us in terms of you didn't realize something so amazing existed. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, uh, overly obvious. Basically, if I see it and I squee... Yeah, and I don't get it. Yeah. Cause basically, Luke's knowledge of Classic Who is a fair bit better than mine. I, I know a reasonable amount, but Luke knows a lot, a lot. Too much. Too much. Too much, yeah. I know I know a reasonable amount. So, therefore, when, when he recognises Who Classic Who reference, and I don't, that's when we have to drink. That's the rule. No, no, no. When, no, when both of us recognise it, we don't drink. No, we do drink. When I recognise it, but you don't, it's not overly obvious. But um, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting the wrong way around. Yeah. So um, yeah. So in time of the doctor, when you've got uh, doc, the doctor is required. That's a reference to the War Machines serial in the '60s, which says. Doctor Who is required. Mm, but it's not obvious enough to warrant a string. Precisely. Yeah. But, like, when you get um, Magician's Apprentice and you've got the first and fourth Doctors just randomly show up there as a yes. reference, that's obvious. So that's yes. overly obvious. Mm. And anyone could get it, really. So yeah. that's where we drink. To yes. that. It's essentially just key jingling. Yeah, it's just it's just Moffat or RTD, less so RTD. Mm. But it's just what the Absolutely head writer. The, the head writer basically goes, "Ooh, look, Classic Who fans, I've got like a thing that you like." Ooh, that's just him. 
And then we're meant to go, oh my god, you've got Klasiku. Oh. Yeah. Except you haven't at all got the carrot, like the, the essence of it. You've just done. You've just gone Klasiku, flung it as the background. Yeah. And we're meant to give a shit about it. Yeah. So, number 10. One drink for characters which exist solely as plot points. But while I read it out, this was one of yours. This was one of mine, and this basically stems from the fact that Moffat... Have you noticed how Moffat minor characters, you don't really remember? As opposed to RGD, you, you mostly... You remember his important minor characters, but RGD, uh, for but Moffat, you don't. Uh, we should read out number 14 while we're at it. Because these two very much are reflected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so 10 is is pretty much twinned with 14, and I'll let Luke read out 14. Because it's an even number. So, two drinks for a character which exists solely for an easy gut punch. Mm. So, Moffat doesn't really do emotions with char- like minor characters. He he makes them exist to prove, like, for a plot point. So, we've recently watched Amy's Choice. There's a postman... In that he's now a minor character as much as he exists for ten seconds, and his existence is solely just so that he can be killed. Mm. Now RGD, on the other hand, yeah, he he would have a character say, "Ah, I just want to see the world for my planet at the lost planet of Schnorklach, uh, and my mother, whose name was." And my mother, whose name was Gonorrhea, <laughs> and I just want to see everything. And you're like, okay, well, that's the character, I guess. And, oh my god, they died? No! Not that character, who yeah. I knew so well. What a gut punch. Mm. So, so what you can really see is that Moffat focuses on plot, mm. and RGD focuses on emotions and character. Mm. Now, both these are, so, characters exist solely for plot. That will apply a fair bit in the Moffat era. It will apply a bit in RHD, but not so much. And we'll we'll drink, like when I say you get, like, postmen who exist just to be killed, just to show what the aliens do, Mm. or there'll be some better examples, we'll see. Yeah. for 14, well, there's so many examples in RTD. We, we can't even list it because it happens in pretty much every episode he's written. Yeah. Someone you're meant to care about dies. Uh, some minor character you're meant to care about dies. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And if you're watching this, you'll have probably rewatched everything at least twice. Yeah. Fair Once or twice. So, you know. You will remember it, it'll be fresh in memory, so you'll know what we're talking about. Mm. You're meant to care about these characters that die in RTD, but a lot of the time you don't. No. So that's why we'll drink. So you're down whenever... We'll be down. Well, Do not drink kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, not no. kids. We, this we... podcast is solely aimed at those of age 18 or over. Yes, yes. And what will happen is, when the day is saved by love, 
we will down whatever we have our drink and this is because this this is the most cliche ending you get and it's so stupid it make it makes no sense it's unsatisfactory in terms of an ending and in sci-fi like doctor who that love saves the day is a very shitty ending really yeah we're looking at you james corden and the lodger and closing time which is the james corden i was referring to yeah but people might not get it i don't know his character was basically marketed as this is James Corden. Yeah, no, yeah, very Okay, true. look, okay, fine. But I, I was specifically named, well, to be honest, I feel like Closing Time is the bigger offender there because it ruins They're the both Cybermen. offenders. They're both offenders, but Closing Time is worse because it ruins the Cybermen. Yeah. At least the Lodger doesn't, it ruins the silence, but the silence were never a, really a big thing anyway, so. Yeah. In terms of no one gave much of a crap about the silence. Yeah. It so. ruins them retrospectively retrospectively in a sense that when you watch that episode you're looking into the future mm. so it's sort of a at the a time pre retcon at the time you didn't know what a silence thing was no. what a silence was and what a spa or their spaceships looked like but you realize that's a silent spaceship why why is it a silent spaceship um, to set up a plot arc because that isn't resolved. Science. Oh, uh, to set up a plot arc that isn't resolved in that season. Oh, that sounds like one of the rules that we've had. Uh, Hence, as you can see, that's a very Moffat trope. Yes. So, number 12. One drink for the Doctor doesn't understand humans, even though he should because he lives with them. Yeah, no, he spent enough time amongst human beings on Earth, seeing this is his favourite planet, and yet he doesn't seem to understand the main inhabitant of this favourite planet of his. Yeah. And this is mainly used for comedic effects, so I mean, it, basically it's just a lazy way of getting laughs. Yeah. Ha ha ha, no doctor! They don't all look the same. Yeah, I, I guess it's sort of a way of trying to laugh at racism, but it doesn't work. Sorry. Anyway, so rule number 13. Stupid screwdriver. So, like, you know, have you ever noticed the basically is... Like that. Basically, he does that every episode, and we're going to drink every time he does. Oh, oh my god, I can do this. And that is a solves his problem. Or he goes like that, and it like blows everything up, like because that's how the sonic screwdriver works. Yeah. So we have to drink to that. And it pretty much every episode he does something because the sonic screwdriver in the classic Shearer show. Shearer, I know as well as Era and show. Okay, good. It wasn't shit. Yeah, no, no. Good. Basically, the sonic screwdriver existed just to open doors, lock, lock doors, and that's fair enough, he uses some sound waves to open a lock, okay, that's a rule that's established, that's fine. Nihu, he goes to some computer terminal and goes, I can, and he can, does, he can basically unlock everything, like, he can hack it somehow with sound waves. Yeah, yeah. or there's some, like, in an otherwise good episode, 
there are some villains, like monsters he's looking at over there. And he goes, I have a sonic screwdriver. And that kills them somehow. Yeah. Uh, Flatline, you're a good episode. Until you go, and somehow that manages to kill off two-dimensional aliens. I think... No. It's not even explained, like... It's a good episode, but it that literally the Doctor saves they with his sonic screwdriver. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like a special rule should be made, like a special extra bit of this rule should be if he saves the day only because of his sonic screwdriver, ah. we down. That so there should be a little addendum to this rule. I don't think that's. Mm, I don't think that should be a doubt. I think that should be three drinks. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. If if literally all that he does to save the day is, I use the sonic. Three drinks if saves day. Yeah, with just the sonic screwdriver. I mean, also another case in point with this is the um, the 50th anniversary trailer where uh, it's going through lots of classic Who stuff. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's got like it's got like the first HD picture of um, William Hartnell. It's got. Troughton, it's got Pertwee, it's got all of the Doctors basically, it's pretty awesome actually, but at the end you've got Matt Smith and he goes, ooh I've got my Sonic screwdriver and he flips it out and like that, like, what's that doing? It's disassembled the camera and that's why the trailer ends, because it's just falling to pieces. That would make sense, however that's not what's actually happening. Don't ruin my fun. So basically the Sonic screwdriver is just some like Something that solves every problem that exists ever. Yes. Oh, we 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 have finished. We have finished. We finished on thirteen because we're unlucky. (laughs) Well, we are cynical. I mean, I don't think we would believe in thirteen as being bad luck. But yeah, you can read our stuff. Yeah, you guys already know about rule fourteen. We paired up with ten. So. I know. It's almost as if this was planned intricately. Cameras need to be bigger and my writing needs to be more legible. Basically, Luke's handwriting is illegible. Well, we're done and we're going to see how long we can awkwardly carry on. Um, Oh, uh, this is an example of the tally because we are recording this after we did our first filming block. Yes. So, as you can see, we mark off each rule yep. with a tally. Um, so, this was one episode here, this this one was another one, and this was the first one. So, we watched Amy's Choice first, that only had ten. Yeah, I that, was going to make new bits for everything, but then I was like, ah, fuck it. Waste, waste of time. Yeah. End of the world, the end of the world was 18. So, okay, middling, not that great. Mm. But then when we got to last Christmas... Well, we got, what, 37? Yeah, that's how bad end of the world. Um, Christmas. Oh, fuck it. Last Christmas was that. We had to drink so much in last Christmas that shit, man. And now you're just flopping it. Purposely, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. But yeah, the last Christmas is shite. Don't watch it under any circumstances. Unless, unless, you wanna, unless you want... you're watching it for our commentary podcast. Exactly. So, Nick. How is this all going to work? What's... No, I'll just answer that. 
What's, how it's all going to work is that we're going to have a set amount of time at the beginning to, to discuss. To discuss what we think, to predict. Uh, for the first two episodes that we watched that, we haven't thought of that. Yet. We haven't thought of that because, yeah, we, we really planned this so well. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to predict whoever gets closest to the final answer. Mm, the final number. Win, final number. So, like, I predicted for last Christmas, 25. But to find out what I did, you're going to have to watch, watch it. Yes. Yeah. And then you'll see who won and who lost. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the end, the other does a penalty. Yeah, there's a penalty, and that'll probably be downing a drink, to be honest. Yeah. In fact, it was. Yeah, for me it was, and yeah. I gave that away. You should cut that out. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Yes! And you're just <laughs> waggling around like... Oh, it's fine, just cut it out. Here like... I am, attempting to maintain professionalism in my own little way, and you're just flopping it out. You like will, a fucking... Just cut out, like, up to 38... Cut out after 38 minutes or something. No, then. no, no, it's here now. That's it. Oh, right, well... You've ruined it. I've ruined it. I've ruined everything, apparently. That's just your fucking job. Yeah, yeah. Jesus I'm, I make him look much better because I'm here. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's checking his phone. Because he has no professionalism. And because I wasn't recording. <laughs> Thankfully, this is recording. Yeah, well, yeah. No, no shit. It says 39 minutes there. My God, we've been hanging on that long. You've been watching this for that long. If you have, I feel truly, truly sorry for you. That you've had to put up with us. Yeah. Anyway, that... But feels... anyway, that concludes our rambling. Our rambling sort of relative introduction to shite. Couldn't have put it better myself. Mm -hmm. We have been the Androzani Winers. Specifically, I have been Luke. And I have been Nick. Oh, really? Well, thanks for tuning in with YouTube. Yeah, I'm not sure how that tunes in, but yeah, sure. I'll just stop it already.